Welcome to the seventh episode of the fourth series of the Women in CX podcast, a series dedicated to real talk conversations between women in customer experience. Listen in as we share our career stories, relive the moments that shaped us and voice our opinions as loudly as we like about all manner of CX subjects. I'll be your host, Claire Musket, and in today's episode, I'll be talking to one of our community members, a seriously awesome woman in CX, this time from Kenya. Let me introduce you to today's inspiring guest. She has over 18 years experience in CX, starting out on the front line and going on to spend 15 years with Emirates Airlines, traveling the world in various roles before returning to Kenya in 2018 with a personal mission to elevate CX in the region. She founded her own consulting practice three years ago and now works with a range of clients across multiple sectors, helping them to transform customer and employee experiences. Please welcome to the show, CX sister, Naima Mumwazi. Hi, Naima. Hi, Claire. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm good. It's uh, afternoon here. It's actually great evening now. (laughs) Whereabouts in the world are you? (laughs) Uh, I'm in Kenya, Nairobi. I'm based in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to the Women in CX podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And welcome to everybody that's listening along as well. So let's just dive right in there then. And I, I'm sure the audience is really curious to find out more about your career journey. How exactly did you get into CX and end up where you are today? <laughs> um, all right, um, Claire, as we've spoken before, I know you, I worked for Emirates Airlines for 16 years. Um, my career in Emirates started at, um, in 2002 to 2016. And then I came back to Kenya in 2018 and founded Content CX Consulting, uh, which I am a consultant, uh, customer experience consultant until now. Um, and of course, the managing director of Content CX, because I'm a sole proprietor in the organization. Um, now let's talk about the CX, how, um, I got into CX. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Tell us more about the Emirates days. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Um, I would always say that Emirates is the one that shaped me into customer experience. Why? Because first of all, um, Emirates is known as one of the largest organization, one of the biggest organization and their customer experience is amazing. Yeah, mm. I'm sure you've flown with Emirates and I have. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And then, of course, um, my duty in Emirates, I entail traveling a lot in, through the world. I have traveled in all the six continents. Um, I've seen different cultures, you know, different how different cultures, um, you know, well, traveling and seeing how customer experience is, how service delivery is in different countries. So yeah, um, I remember coming back to Kenya, visiting Kenya a couple of times and really like seeing how Kenya is. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. We are really way behind in service delivery. So yes, so I started thinking about it. It was something that I just started thinking about it. And um, I think my journey started in 2014. So I just started thinking about how can I, you know, help Kenya get to that service level in terms of um, service delivery. So yes, uh, I I always give this story. I went to a restaurant and uh, the way I was served, it was not acceptable at all on all levels. 
And um, that's when I started thinking about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to do something. Something needs to change. Something needs to change. Comparing what service I get outside there and where I come back to Kenya, in the banking industry as well, in the banks, how do they serve the customers? It was really challenging for me to even get something done. Uh, how is it in the, even the government offices as well? Dubai um, government is one of the really best uh, customer service. In fact, they actually have a ministry called um, Ministry of Happiness, you know. So yeah, so government offices in Kenya are just way below the standards at that time, but they are improving right now because of technology as well that has come up. Yeah, so um, looking at that and um, with the skills that I had, with the knowledge that I had, with the experience that I had, putting that together. So I wanted to come back to Kenya and get something to do and um, of course I've thought about content cx so the journey of content cx consulting started in 2017 where I started have just having research doing a lot of research in uh, cx because that was my passion I saw that was my passion dealing relationship management in terms of customers and all that so yes came back in 2018 I can say it's been successful of course corona came in and things were really low but of course it has been very successful. And I'm actually really happy to see that even in Kenya, there are a lot of people who have come up and advocating for CX mm -hmm. and um, a lot of CX enthusiasm. I met a lot of them as well. And yeah, the journey is, we keep on moving in terms of the CX in Kenya. And I'm proud to say that I'm part of that movement. I'm part of that, uh, making sure that Kenya, we are in that level. Yeah, I think we had um, three women from Kenya at our intro event this morning, and we've okay. got um, a few ladies, haven't we now, from your region uh, joining. Whoa. So that's nice. Yeah, so there's definitely uh, a, a demand for customer experience professionals over there for sure. It sounds like anyway. Um, yeah. But tell me, tell me a bit more about that kind of the, the journey on the front line. Then, so you were flying around the world as an air hostess, cabin yeah. crew. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I was flying the cabin crew. Yeah. And um, yeah. So with my journey of cabin crew, of course, uh, with Emirates, when you join, um, you start from serving in economy class and then move into business class. You know, now you get the business people. And then now first class is all the leisure and, you know, the top, top, de, de la creme, I would say, you know, <laughs> uh, meeting celebrities, meeting very big mm. officials. Yes. I've flown with different fellow celebrities. It was really fun. Um, so VIP as well. So dealing with VIPs and all that. Yeah. So yes, my career journey in Emirates was really interesting because I think it takes you through different levels, you know, um, from, you know, uh, serving an economy, uh, different uh, level of people and to the VIP in first class. And also, again, um, with I, I did some trainings, um, a lot of trainings. We did a lot of trainings. Emirates it was all about training, training, training. Um, so yes, uh, when I became PASA, I was PASA, which is the in-flight manager for eight years. I did some trainings. I became a trainer as well. So I used to train the junior staff, especially the ones who newly freshly joined. Yes, so I was part of them, just making sure that they get to the standards that we wanted. And it was so fascinating when you came and delivered your case study in the community um, oh. last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, just to understand that kind of connection between like product um, 
as in the in-flight experience, the seats, the different classes, the food, the brand and um, advertising and marketing and then people and process, how that all kind of connected together to create this kind of seamless, unique experience that is that is in fact world class so um yeah fascinating I've always wondered what it would be like like, if I'd have had any other kind of career interests that's like at an earlier stage in my career I always wondered what it would be like to go and like fly around the world um as part of cabin crew do you get to like enjoy yourself or is it quite hard work like moving around so much do you get to rest in nice places <laughs> of course um it was my best times you know like honestly um I enjoyed myself in 16 years and I'll tell you it is living large you know you're not paying for anything you know you're you're paid you it's like a holiday being paid you know wow. Yeah, so of course, traveling the world. Um, when I joined, actually, the first years when I joined, we used to stay in a place like I'll fly to New York and stay for five days. You know, I'll fly to, yes, I'll fly to Japan and stay for four days. You know, but now, when you know, in 2008, when things became very busy, the airline industry became very busy, so we used to do only 24 hours. But here we are, cabin crew, you know, mm-hmm. flying um and sleeping in the best hotels five class uh five star hotels that's where we used to sleep and of course you're given allowances so those allowance you'd go out um go and see all do all the adventures that you wanted um go to any places that you wanted of course and of course keeping it more professional in terms of um making sure that you of course you're working but also having fun yeah. yeah it was really yeah. interesting um i do miss flying i do miss flying a lot yeah mm-hmm. uh, but it was time for me to leave because i really wanted to just make sure that my career grows in a different level um the times in life that reaches and you're like i need to move to another level you know mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so um kind of leading on from that then so it's like kind of life of adventure that you created you know that she loves adventure I do too um, I know <laughs> yes, <I say> that. <laughs> um, but but what was like one challenge that you overcame to become the woman that you are today and how is that connected with this life of adventure I'm intrigued <laughs> oh my god okay okay oh uh you know everybody has a story <laughs> in life you know um, some difficult, some very deep. Um, I would say I come from a very humble beginning and uh, was brought up by my mom and my dad. And um, seeing my mom and my dad living together, you know, growing up. Um, and I saw my dad, how my mom is a career woman. She has always been a career woman. By the way, she's 81 this year, you know. Oh. I know, yeah, my dad passed away um, about 10 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. So my mom was a career woman. Uh, uh, My dad really supported my mom in her career, you know, and just let her be, you know, and I really admire that, you know. Um, So moving, growing up, seeing that, you know, um, I wasn't the smartest kid in school, I would say. Me neither. Me neither. (laughs) I wasn't the smartest kid in school or rather, as, uh, let me rephrase it. I wasn't the brightest kid in school, but I was smart, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but I was very good in mathematics. So, 
calculations. I was very good. So my dad believed that I'm actually, I can be a banker or an accountant, you know. So I finished my A-levels and uh, we call it 844 here, but in uh, the UK it's A-levels. So I finished my A-levels, um, joined the university um, to study accounting. So I did account the first one year. Uh, the second year, oh, I fell in love and... <laughs> oh, not with accounting, I take it. You didn't fall in love with that. <laughs> I said, no, 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 I fell in love with the man. Oh. <laughs> yes, and unfortunately, I got diverted. And of course, um, coming from some, you know, societal, uh, some societal and cultures in Kenya, and basically the Muslim world as well, um yeah so i actually dropped my school and got married so i'm very at age at yeah the age of, yes at the age of How, 21 21 wow that's so young i know age of 21 um yeah of course life wasn't that easy because i wasn't working and then one day uh when i was 22 um bumped into this advert um emirates advert and well, I just said, let me give it a try. And I did. And I, they took me actually, I went for the interview, they took me. So it was a bit of a challenge, should I moving from Kenya now to Dubai? And I'm married, I remember. Uh, but yeah, we were young, both with my ex-husband, really excited. So I, we moved to Dubai together. So yeah, so going through that in, um, you know, flying and getting, being married, you know, um, you're never home you're always traveling. Uh, it brought a lot of friction into my marriage. Yeah. So um, it got to a point five years later or rather six years later, I had to make that hard decision, you know. And my decisions was purely driven by how my mom and my dad lived their life, you know. So I was thinking about how my dad supported my mom in her career, um, to a point that it got to a point, my mom was one of the person, you, she was any more than my dad, you know, mm -hmm. and still my dad was there like a man supporting my mother, you know, mm -hmm. so really thinking about that. And here I am um, trying to, you know, uh, <laughs> break my dreams to be with his son. So yeah, so apart from that, there were also a lot of other things that happened, but that was the major thing. Um, I was supposed to move back to Kenya and just be a housewife, you know, and that was basically it. Uh, that was the condition. <laughs> wow. So, so, yeah. he, so he was expecting you to move stop, back, yes. stop traveling, come back to yeah. Kenya and just be a housewife yeah. and not work anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So I had to make that hard decision. Of course, I involved my mom, I told my sisters and yeah, um, there was a lot of support from my family. And they made that hard decision, so I divorced my ex-husband. Um, it was two years after that. It was two years of a lot of, uh, you know, going through. Everybody who has gone through a divorce will tell you it is not easy. You know, breakups are not easy. So, yeah, so it was a lot of um, counseling. You know, I, I would say I went into a bit of a depression. Um, yeah, so it, was, it wasn't easy. So for two years, but I had a lot of counseling with my manager as well. I had a very good support from my immediate manager in Emirates. So she really supported me. Um, and, um, 
yeah so i came over it <laughs> i get emotional sometimes when i talk about it but yeah so yeah so i came i came out of it and um yeah i went back to school you know so i went did my undergrad i finished my undergrad four years down the line um then i was like oof i've done it you know so yes went again and did my masters i finished my masters so yeah so i was really proud of myself and i was growing i was learning i was seeing new things and feeling good about myself you know about life in general you know coming from where i came from and then now being where i am and this is what um, i always say i wish my dad was alive then to see how i have grown because he wasn't a happy man when i dropped out of school of course um yeah so yes yeah, so that really shaped me um and, uh, i think it was an experience that i always say that i'm glad i did it you know and um i would if given that opportunity again i would never ever think twice again i would do it again <laughs> so being with a partner or a husband at least who supports your dream uh -huh. your husband who supports your career so a husband who supports you in that that's very important in life yeah yeah I guess at like 21 though when you got married and you fell in love like you just don't know like that much about the world do you I think that exactly. like, looking back now yeah at 21 I thought like I, I knew it all and I exactly <laughs> and some of the decisions I made like mm. I think God, if I could only go back and tell myself, like, I know, and yeah. decisions decisions that I made like around guys and like what I put up with and stuff, like, I know. This, but you with this kind of whole concept of love when you're that young can be yes. very distracting, can't it? And very and derail you completely, yeah, and send you always, like massively off track. <laughs> I know. I always like I mentor young girls. I actually also used to mentor a lot of young girls in Emirates. Mm -hmm. And I mentor young girls as well here in Kenya. Uh, and I always keep on telling them, you know what? Don't be fooled. Love will always be there, you know? So, but focus on your career. Um, I always say, and a lot of, I'm sure a lot of women in CX here, maybe some of them have gone through that. Some of them are still young going through that. Some of them are raising girls, you know? So I think I think it is very important that we make sure that our girls um, know that um, career will always be. You know, I always say marriage, children are external factors. You know, kids will also grow. You know, when you get married, have kids, kids will also grow. And then what 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 is left with you? You know, so building your career is very very important. So much of that resonates with me. Like I, I've never been married and I'm single currently. Yeah. Well. Um, but I've done absolutely everything that I wanted mm -hmm. in my life myself. Mm -hmm. And I like built my own financial stability. I don't have to rely on anybody. On anyone. No. So there's like kind of no no need there. But um at the same time, I do feel some pressure, I suppose. Now I've just turned 40 to uh -huh. be thinking like if I if I did want that more traditional family you know to have children oh, myself yeah. to get married that kind of thing like this impending sense of like time running out to do that but I, <laughs> I, I that that pressure still wouldn't make me 
um, compromise on, like you say, you know, knowing that if I was with somebody, they'd have to support me in my career. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't just stop it all to do what they wanted exactly. me to do. But I'm just yeah. like, I think, you know, what you said there, your dad would absolutely be so proud that you went back mm. and you achieved all of your own dreams and, you yeah. know, you're running this fantastic business now. So, um, yeah, I'm super proud of you. And that's a really inspiring story. And I absolutely agree, like, you know, the role that we have in mentoring young girls or younger women, um, because I really wish, like, I'd have had somebody that could have been a mentor to me. I didn't. I didn't. I just went off and made all these crazy mistakes and decisions (laughs) that, like, took me a while, like, a long time to recover from. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's also really heartening to hear that you've like kind of kept that network where you are now and yeah. I and does does culture play a part in kind of traditional gender roles and marriage and the expectations of young girls that you mentor yeah yeah mm-hmm. it does especially in Kenya you know um the African culture is very strong culture yeah mm-hmm. uh and um a lot of uh judgmental you know like right now I guess I'm not married uh, I don't have kids, you know, and I'm 43. <laughs> so, no way, you do not look yes, 43. <laughs> I know. So people meet you and um, look at you like, oh my God, well, what went wrong? You are divorcee, so what went wrong? Um, you don't have kids at 43, so what went wrong? They always think that maybe you do have a problem or maybe something. So there's a lot of that. Um, I remember when I divorced and, um, you know, my mom, she has this she had this habit in her house there were all the pictures of her kids and one of the some of the pictures that will be there is like my sister and her husband me and my husband my brother with the wife and all you know so when I divorced and when I kept on going home I still saw for almost three years I kept on seeing my 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 picture in my ex-husband at my mom's house and I kept on like I go and just get it out. And then she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my brother will call me like, oh yeah, she put it back again, you know? So it's just societal, you know, like um, divorce shouldn't be happening, you know, in any ones, in our community, especially. It shouldn't be happening. So like what went wrong, you know? And of course, they're always a lot of judgmental in terms of it's the woman who makes the home so if it breaks it's the woman so there's a lot of judgmental so I had to deal with that remember um in terms of family uh, relatives and all that but yeah I overcame mm. it yeah and it's, oh. it's even more amazing like with the cultural aspect of it because I guess like um I'm, I'm not subjected to to any of that because exactly I, like there isn't um like a a, an expectation culturally or based on religion of what I'm supposed to do mm-hmm. as a woman but I still encounter the same reaction of course people, yeah. people always assume that I'm married with kids and when I tell them I'm not and they know how old I am I get this mm-hmm. kind of like oh poor you look like what went wrong and I'm like this is my choice <laughs> like, I know I look at the marriage is not a goal no, <laughs> no but I think yeah. but I think that's it it's a universal kind of negative thing stereotyping for for women yeah like and on like not to conform to gender roles people have 
some kind of like negative feeling towards the life choices that, that women who decide not to follow that traditional path um, exactly. make. Yeah, but as yeah, well, we're two kick-ass business owners who are slaying our lives and loving every moment of it, and we don't have yeah. anyone that we have to be beholden to. I think that's, that's definitely an advantage. That's so just good, yeah. So you're talking about kind of like that was a brilliant story. Thank you so much for sharing. Like <laughs> it was so inspiring. I, I want to say like I feel like I'm welling up with emotion <laughs> in response know. to it because I identify so much with what you're saying too, yeah. and it's it's truly a story of courage. Yeah. Um, but thinking a, a, a little bit about kind of Kenya and CX, then just to kind of finish finish off, we can't have the inspiring women in CX podcast without talking about a little bit of customer experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I know I know you and I have had conversations previously um within the community you know with Mandisa and like kind of Wix Africa and and the kind of specific challenges that developing countries in Africa are facing when it comes to customer experience I just think it would be really interesting for our listeners to hear a little bit more about what life is like in Kenya what's going on and what's kind of creating those challenges and opportunities in customer experience there Okay, um, so like I said earlier, um, customer experience was really viewed as just a soft skill to many organizations. Um, I remember uh, then, of course, growing up, um, even in not even growing up, I, I would say about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, very, very um, small organizations, there was not much competition in Kenya, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenya being, I would say, developing country, you know, um, a lot of growth on in the last 20 years. There's been a lot of growth, you know. So we've seen a lot of multinational organizations coming in. Yeah. There has been tremendous economic growth, you know. Um, demand, customers' demand as well, has really, really grown, you know. So, yes, and customers are aware now, you know, consumers are aware now, you know. People have travels, remember. People have yeah. exposed, yes. People are like, exposed. Like, you'd, like you did and you came <laughs> back. Exactly, and you were like, <laughs> yes. yes. You know, um, growing up when uh, someone used to travel and it's just very few people and we'll all go to the airport and wave with that person, you know. And now, you know, every traveling is become just like just going and coming back, you know. So people are well-traveled in Kenya now, you know. So they've seen the difference out there. Mm. So yeah, so there has been a lot of competition. Multinational organizations have come in demanding, you know, that return on investment. And how do they compete with each other? So there's a lot of banks, even international banks coming in, uh, Pan-African banks coming in, you know, uh, not just having the local banks now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have telecommunications. A lot of uh, people have partnered with um, multinational organizations uh, international organizations. So the demand has really grown. Um, so how do they become differentiators in the, in the markets? You know? mm-hmm. So yes, organizations have seen um, a lot um, in terms of the importance of CX. You know? um, coming back to Kenya in 2018 and founding Content CX. So of course, I came up with all this profile and all this strategy on how to help clients in terms of achieving their customer-centric uh, culture in their organization. Um, it was quite, a, it wasn't easy to pitch for clients because the first thing they'll tell you, oh, train my staff, you know? Mm. 
So still in <laughs> that old mindset of exactly. soft skills. Train my staff. Yeah, train my staff. Especially you're coming from Emirates, train my staff, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, of course, um, now we've seen a lot, a lot. And of course, there's a lot of um, campaigns that have come in, a lot of webinars that are happening, even with women in CX, you know? Um, you know, it's, it's been advocated here now in Kenya. We are doing that as well, you know. So, yeah, so um, organizations now have seen the need to actually have a CX department in the organization, you know, that comes up with actually a CX strategy that is customer-centered, you know. So, yes, in terms of how do they brand themselves, you know, how do they do their learning and development in terms of, you know, creating that culture of customer centricity? How do they, you know, put technology? Uh, like we were talking earlier, you know, the technology uh, in the developing countries, everything has just come like really, everything is bombarded with everything. Uh, technology has just come up and all that. So how do we use that technology to ensure that we are customer centric? How do we even, work in our internal processes how do we align different departments to be able to achieve that customer centricity so yes with the growth economic growth with the multinational organizations that have come in with consumers awareness awareness and knowledge uh, well exposure with the consumers as well yes um, cx has really changed from the traditional way of the way people used to think um, to what it is now and it's continuing to grow yeah and I just find it fascinating because uh, I guess where customer experience is dominant in terms of mm -hmm. thought leadership from using inverted commas people that are listening and not watching doing a little bunny yeah. ear signal <laughs> uh, but we had a long time to get used to these changes because it all happens gradually in comparison gradually. to the explosion that's happening in developing countries so i think it's um it's, it's very interesting and great to see women like you leading at the forefront of helping companies to understand the bigger picture mm -hmm. um and i'm connecting some of those things together because as you said you know expectations of the consumers have changed they've been influenced massively by what they see outside individual wealth has grown therefore consumerism's grown um but having traveled to places like you know you, your examples were great like how well service works in banks or government services okay. elsewhere like um, you know, because because of the internet and news and everything that's available yeah. it's not like people don't know it exists so the expectation definitely definitely changes um but it's the acceleration isn't it how quickly it's all happened in the exactly. last like 20 years like the uk america like that that kind of started in the 70s so we've had like 50 years of economic uh well so kind of post-war i suppose right. yeah. um it development and time to catch up so yeah as i said you're great to see you, you leading the way on this so unfortunately that's all we've got time for but um <laughs> what what piece of advice would you give to the women in cx out there who are listening to this podcast um, uh, what I would tell my community, uh, women in, in the community, is uh, we should never stop learning. Yeah, uh, knowledge is power, and I always say that no matter you will learn something different tomorrow, the day after you learn something different, and we learn from each other definitely. But again, nothing external 
should mm. stop you from reaching your potential. Yeah. Mm. Uh, whether it is marriage, it is children, it is whatever it is out there, should never stop you from getting your potential. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of actually start, uh, studying my doctorate, you know, so my PhD. So it's something that I'm thinking about. Wow. And uh, yes, and yeah, I'm challenging myself to take that up, hopefully by next year. Dr. Naima, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming today, sharing your story, sharing your insights helping our listeners to understand a bit more about what's going on in Kenya and Africa and CX in developing countries. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Claire. It was really nice chatting with you today and I look forward to more of this podcast as well. Yeah, me too, me too. So um, thanks, Naima. And yeah, we'll see you all soon, listeners. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Women in CX podcast with me, Claire Musket. If you enjoyed the show, please drop us a like, subscribe and leave a review on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. And if you want to know more about joining the world's first online community for women in customer experience, please check out the Women in CX page on LinkedIn or visit womenincx.community. Join us again next time where I'll be talking to another amazing community member, this time from the USA, about living our values and purpose and the art of CX leadership. See you all soon.